Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to pay our respects to our dear friend Cassie's sanity. Following the events of Thursday night, we know that Cassie's sanity has, has suffered a, a, a terrible downturn. So once again, the Tampa Bay Lightning have entered the Stanley Cup Final Championship. This means Cassie will be inundated with John Cooper stories for the next 7 to 14 days. And as Cassie's history has taught us anything, this is not going to bode well for her. I come to, to you and ask all of you as her friends to help lift her up in this time. Cassie's sanity desperately needs us. So if you could please... Please reach out. Reach out to her. Let her know that she's okay. She might not be alone. There are other people who despise John Cooper as much as she does. I appreciate the kind words, but um, I don't really care. <laughs> Cassie, it's, it's okay. You're amongst friends. Well, no, so... so You don't have to deflect anymore, Cassie. You are amongst friends. First of all, my sanity was gone a long, long time ago. (laughs) I don't like to make assumptions. I don't like to make assumptions, especially when I don't believe I was ever born with sanity, so... I I have touched upon it upon occasion, but typically, no. That is not my standard. That is not not what I live by. Um, No, so so my sanity was gone a long time ago, and in all honesty, um, for me to become sane, to see this would drive me sane, uh, I would have to care, and I don't. So the thing is, is that people I don't like or have done me wrong or whatever, I don't think about. (laughs) They do not exist for me unless they push themselves upon me in some fashion, such as I go on Twitter and there's all kinds of lightning stuff, but I can mute that. So, um, yeah, whatever. It's like, for for me to go sane, it would have to matter to me, and it doesn't because they are nothing. So... (laughs) Cassie, Cassie. It is okay to acknowledge it, and and, and it is okay. You are amongst friends, Cassie. I I appreciate that. I really honestly do, but um, I just don't give a damn. (laughs) Uh, So two things, two things that, that matter to me about people. One, you have to be a decent human being. And two, you have to have some kind of a personality. And if you lack in one or both of those things, then um, I'm probably not going to like you terribly much. And that's most of hockey, let's be honest. So (laughs) either pretend to not have a personality and or they're not really decent human beings. Uh, And um, we also call those people lawyers. mm, Yeah. So we've got the double whammy there with Cooper. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I mean, I just kind of disregard that this that the Stanley Cup final is going on at all. I barely remember that they were in it the first boss two years. It's like, whatever. Your denial speaks volumes to me, Cassie. Mm. Well, if I were actually in denial, then then uh, um, I would probably still be right where I am. But I'm not in denial. Looking at this full in the face. 
denial just isn't a grocery or just isn't a uh, a jewelry store. Mm. Or a river in Egypt. Oh dear God in heaven. Sorry. Um <laughs> I just I just got a text so live in game update. I just got a text from my sister who is apparently over at my mother's house and they are um cleaning out the hoarders cave, I guess is the best way to describe it. And I know that I had some collectible stuff stored down there, but I could never get to it to remove it from that place because first of all I didn't want to um, interrupt the um, ecosystem, the natural ecosystem that has blossomed, de developed <laughs> in that section of the house over the last 30 some odd years. Um, As someone whose mother was also a hoarder, I, I to completely understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, she just sent me a picture of my vintage classic OG. Um, the, the Star Wars had the 12 inch action figures mm -hmm. in the in the um, return or uh, empire strikes back era and she just sent me a picture of my ig88 and my boba fett still in the box i mean they were open and played with but i always put things i don't know i was a weird freaking kid i put things back in the box even though i played hard with them i don't know what it was so anyway um and we now return you to our regular scheduled program of three people who blather on about stuff okay it's just me no it's not just you i, I do this. no not at all and the two other people in my head <clears throat> hey now we have names. wait you only have two <laughs> lucky no but we've decided that we aren't talking to the rest of them <laughs> oh see yeah i have a similar agreement with Mine. There was a fight a few weeks ago. It got pretty hairy. Um, uh, you know, clicks. I'm, that's all I'm going to say is clicks form and you just kind of have to deal with it. And if they're meant to be part of your life, that's fine. Otherwise, move on. Okay, otters are still really freaking cute. Um, <laughs> the furry jerks. Yeah. <laughs> aqua puppies. <laughs> No, no, they're much meaner than puppies. <laughs> I don't know. Puppies, puppies don't know that they're mean. They can be. Mean. No, but otters know that they're mean. So. Well, otters must be able to sense things in you, Cassie. <clears throat> uh huh. Yeah. See, see? I think <laughs> I we're making some good. I never claim to be nice. All right. I, I never think... claim to be nice. It's fine. I... I think we're making some good headway <laughs> today's session, Cassie. <laughs> We're discovering some things. We're addressing some some issues, like how Tampa just really enjoys playing with their food. You know, everyone has found every other way to say exactly that, except for they're just playing with their food. You know, oh, they were down two. Not you know, they were down two. Oh, well, yeah. They were trying to figure out what they needed to do. And 2-0 isn't a big deal in a seven-game series. 3-0 is a bigger deal. And you notice that when they went, oh, you know what? If we don't do something, we're going to go down 3-0. Let's go ahead and take care of this now. So I'm actually, in watching that Rangers-Tampa series, 
I am so in love with Keandre Miller at 22. Oh, he had so much poise. Yeah, there were some fumbles here and there, but he's still 22. And he was playing in the playoffs in the conference final against the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. And he still looked solid. So keep your Adam Fox. I will be, I hope they bring back the Liberty head jersey as a third because I will then be acquiring a Keandre Miller Liberty head third to add to my collection. Those were good jerseys. Those were awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also fear for Colorado because the curse of time off um, in the in the cup final is never a good curse to have. And Tampa did it. Tampa kind of did it right. Don't let it go to seven because you shorten your time. Let it go to, you know, get it done in five or six. And you get a little bit of rest, but not enough to sort of take you out of a routine. Take you out of a groove, so to speak, because we saw, kind of saw in the first two games of the Rangers series, what being off that long after absolutely curb stomping the Panthers did to them. Yeah, four days is not... Four days is about right. Yeah. And Colorado sitting eight. Yeah. Now the only thing they have in their benefit is the altitude. You know, depending on when Tampa decides to show up to Denver, I would, you know, if it were me, I'd say the sooner the better. That let's get acclimated to the altitude. Yeah, they should. They should be taking off now. Honestly. Yes. And and by the way, I I um um. I made that flight last night in, in Microsoft Flight Simulator. I've been doing this. <laughs> I've been flying the playoff routes as the playoffs have been going on, just so for fun and to so I can get my um my hours and my hours and commercial jets time up on the game. And I will call it a game. I'm in no way, no way, no way. You're gonna get your pilot's license. Yeah, no way. Not a chance in hell. <laughs> Gonna flip plane, dock it in Lake Washington. Come on, you know you wanna. <laughs> Don't do that to me. <laughs> because they allow float planes on the lake by my house now, Lake Sammamish, and it drives me nuts. Because all I hear is <laughs> flying over my house in the summertime. Anyway, um, yeah, okay. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and uh, wait, you guys I, were saying something? What were you saying? I, I don't want to know. No, um, <laughs> all I'm going to say is there was an Aginla who just scored a beautiful goal in a World Championship game. Oh, she's playing. There was some yes. question about whether she was going to play or not. She missed a few, like two of the prelim, and then. Um, yeah, she just skated circles around. Uh, yeah, she an offensive zone. It was it was nice. It, you know what, it really was, and she reminds me of her dad in some aspects. When she sort of sets herself and plants, and it's like, okay, this puck is now mine, type thing. 
So. So what you're trying to say is that Jerome McGinley should be a youth coach. Jerome McGinley should be a dad, and when he's done being a dad, then he should be a youth coach. Okay. I can accept that. I, 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 I endorse that order. Mm-hmm. If he chooses to be. If not, then I would, I would kind of honestly love to see him go coach at a little higher level. Juniors? So, well, he does. He is part owner of a junior team. He is. <laughs> I don't think he needs to. Uh, I was kind of thinking a little higher maybe in you know, I mean, maybe he can just coach that that local team of his that needs one. Because <laughs> you know he is he he's put down roots in the East Coast for whatever reason, and you know, uh, people don't like to move their stuff. I've I've been told. Oh, is that what I'm doing wrong? I keep moving. <laughs> huh. Um, some people are, some people in that region are forced to move their stuff after they were told they weren't going to need to move their stuff. and In their own homes, no less. <laughs> and then they get a visit from their boss to say, you're going to need to move your stuff. You know, all this stuff you have around here that's really nice. You've got really nice stuff around here. Um, yeah, you're going to need to move it. <laughs> hmm I mean... It's like the Austin Powers thing, right? Who throws a shoe? <laughs> Could you uh, just... I, I, I don't have a problem with them changing their mind and terminating him. Yeah. But traveling to his house, ringing his doorbell... <laughs> Sitting him down, asking him if he wants anything to drink or coffee or can I get you anything. No, no, I'm just here to can you. Mm-hmm. Also, can I use your bathroom? Yeah, you know, that was... I, <laughs> that I, was a question, you know it was. <laughs> I, 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 will, <laughs> I will say I, I did listen to that other, that small Toronto podcast and, and that run came up and I was like, yeah, that, that's probably, you know. Hey, do you mind? I, uh... You're fired. Um, before I head out, I kind of need to use your bathroom. <laughs> and you what know. do you say to that at that point? <laughs> well, technically the paychecks are still coming, so that's fine for now. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, didn't he sign an ex- Does he? Did he sign an extension recently? No, uh, both he and... His immediate boss, because we're avoiding names, because it's a little more fun that way. Yes. Um, Let's guess who what team we're talking about here. Yes. Both had contracts expiring after next season. Okay, so he's got a he's got another year of salary coming to him. Yeah. No. Okay, so he doesn't have to move his stuff immediately. Unless he gets hired no. elsewhere. Well, why but, are there other job openings? I had I not know. heard. I know. I mean, you know how the NHL likes to recycle. Well, the rainforest. You know, come on, Cassie. They are (laughs) they are trying to become an eco-friendly sports league. You know, green Uh initiatives everywhere. So, Mm -hmm. recycling. You know, recycling makes more sense. Mm -hmm. Reduce, Mm -hmm. reuse, recycle. Come on. Mm Mm-hmm. 
repurpose, maybe maybe find new careers for some of these individuals. Mm, see, I like that. Let's 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 repurpose things, people. See, so, and, and at least sorry. Austin could take, you know. Oh, you said the name. <gasps> I said you Boston. just gave it away. But that's where Jerome McGinn was from. Now. Oh, this is true. Well, from. So, you know, if they happen to need a coach. Mm. Wait, were we talking about the Bruins? I, I thought we were talking about, you know, one of the college teams. Your Philadelphia? From Boston. <laughs> oh, boy. How did that franchise turn into such a train wreck overnight? Uh, which one? <laughs> <laughs> There's a list. Okay, so are we being specific be sh- about one we were just just mentioned? Or wow. would it be shorter to list the ones that aren't train wrecks right now? <laughs> you know that came out. Of, you know, you know that it's like you wish you had the word bubble, because that that came out and I looked at that word bubble and I went, boy, that was open ended. <laughs> Which, which geographic, which team, which geographical region would you like to start with, Patrick? Yes. Well, let's start with the upper northeast quadrant of the United States. How's that? I think we can wrap that in a couple hours. Sure. <laughs> Do I have to go talk to people? That would mean I'd have to leave my house, huh? Nah, no, not necessarily. Zoom. Zoom's a thing. No. Yeah, but we're talking old white men. Still, then, no. Landlines are still a thing, Cassie. <laughs> I don't have a landline, but okay. Um, You've got a cell phone. It can connect to a landline. Hand handwritten letters with a fountain pen. Oh, I can do that. I could do. I can do the handwritten letter thing. That would be. Yeah, I remember how to do that. Because mm-hmm. I'm an old folk, so I remember how to do that. So, Northeast Quadrant, a tire fire of a franchise. Hmm. Let's narrow it down here. Well, I mean, we know how Boston did it. All we need to do is look at one particular draft where they could have had Matt Barzell, Kyle Connor, and some other guy. Well, but then the league wouldn't have Matt Barzell. Well, it probably would have Barzell. Yeah, but they would have traded Barzell. Because Boston doesn't do prospects. They don't do internal development of prospects. They use them as trading pieces to get older players, established players. Goddamn, she just nailed their entire problem in that one statement. (laughs) I have... I sit right next to a guy on Mondays and Tuesdays at work who was a Boston, a longtime Boston Bruins fan, and he like tells me this repeatedly. So I'm just regurgitating what he's saying. And you know, I will say that about Boston fans, they know too. They aren't putting the Homer blinders on. Most of them, they can see it too. So it's not like signing Nick Foligno for multiple years or Eric Holland for multiple years. Oof. You know, really help things for some younger players. <sighs> Zaxonition, line one, please. Zaxonition, line one. See, we'll get to another Northeast Quadrant organization in a moment, but they really like to balance the good, smart, and aggressive with the, what are you thinking? Hoping that the, why are you thinking turns out for them? Yeah. Like their, their goaltending situation. 
still makes a bunch of sense to me, even though you can argue Swayman is probably the number one next year. Oh, no, he is. He's got to be the number one next year. Yeah, they're going to they're do the 50-50 split, and then yeah. he, he takes it and runs in the postseason because they're still good Are enough Are you team. kidding with their injuries? They're I not was, even going to start playing think. until, like, December. <laughs> oh, no, it's not going to make any sense because are you expecting other teams to suddenly jump up and, you know, we, we gotta take remember. advantage? we got to remember this is the bottom for Bedard year. And if there is a if there is a year to just yeah, just let everything go to the garbage, um, <laughs> it's not a bad year to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's <laughs> the guy sitting next to is sitting there like going off on all these ex-Boston Bruins that could be the next head coach. And I'm like, yeah, that's another part of the problem in that. <laughs> I mean, you have these teams that are like, oh, we need the nostalgia points. We need to hire the best coach, the best coach who used to be a player for this franchise. You know, I think I would love to see Zdeno Chara immediately become head coach. If only to force the design of the next Boston arena to move the fans up a little higher instead of right behind <laughs> the bench. I think it'd be fantastic. Oh, dear God. No, somebody was like, somebody else was like, Bergeron for player coach. <laughs> I, I, I gotta be honest. I hope he retires. I do too. I hope he retires for himself. Mm-hmm. Well, for some yeah, peace of mind in his own, it. like, in his body deteriorating well, around him. Seriously, if for nothing else, to not have to to get the living hell pounded out of him for six months out of the year. What was that one playoff at the end of the at the end of the playoffs? He ended up with a like a broken rib, a punctured lung, a dislocated shoulder. Yeah. You know, et cetera, mm-hmm. a concussion, and there's like a couple, a blown knee or something. He just was put together with scotch tape and um, WD-40, I swear. But, yeah, I mean, no one in any work environment, no one should have to go to work in that condition. I don't care what your field of operations is. No one should have to, like, work in those physical conditions. That's like abusive. And and the problem is, Cassie's. We always come back to this. Whose decision was it? Right. You know. Oh, I know. I mean, I've been there. I've been in that spot where I've like talked my way into a game when I shouldn't have. Yeah. I mean, I've been there. I know how it is, and I know how stupid it was at the time I was doing it. But and I had nothing to lose. I wasn't like. I wasn't afraid of losing a spot on the roster. I wasn't afraid of my starting position. I wasn't afraid of any of that. I just didn't want to sit on the bench because I was bored. <laughs> that was well, it. <laughs> and I wanted look, to be there for my teammates. So see, I get it. See, there it is. Um, but it's still dumb. It is. And 80% of... Patrice Bergeron is still better than 80% of the league. Are we in agreement? 
Yes, but there should be an adult that tells him, no, right, right, okay. you cannot so play in that condition. Hang, hang on, Cassie. <laughs> Would you consider him at 80% with all the injuries you listed? No. No. We're talking. I mean, compared to me skating, yes, but no, absolutely. Well, that's, that is probably at best 50% of Patrice Bergeron. At some point, you have to sit there and go, at 50% of Patrice Bergeron is not much better than 80% of the league, if at all. He's probably only better than 20% of the league at that point, maybe 30. Right, but so there's a difference between playing through a sprain, like supposedly Dreisaitl was doing, right? High ankle sprain, versus having a punctured lung. And a separated shoulder. And a separated shoulder, yeah. So there's a... There's a limit of severity in there that should be addressed, and it's not. Mm -hmm. Everybody just takes it as all the same, and it should not be. It's like if you you need to be hospitalized, you should not be playing. (laughs) You know? Okay, so hang on. Sorry, Pat. So hospitalization is the determination of the doctor, of the team doctor. Right. And the team doctor on certain injuries will say this needs to be addressed now or this can wait. Mm-hmm. You know, there isn't anything, you know, they always, they always weigh this, right? Can he make it worse? But the thing is, Oh, I know what the thing is. The, the thing is, is that the team doctor works for the team. Be right, and and also being a team doctor is a prestigious thing in some people's minds, and so they're going to go along with what the team wants or they think what the team wants them to do, as opposed to what's in the best interest of the health of the player. They've got to weigh that. Ah, they've they've got to weigh that balance because they are still licensed medically. Right. And they are at risk of malpractice suits. Right, which actually don't, I, I don't think hockey players would even consider that unless it was something that, that made them retire. Which we're starting to see some of these things cause players to retire. Right. And I mean, and you have the case of like Eichel, Jack Eichel, where he probably was on the verge of suing the Buffalo Sabres for not allowing him to do the surgery he wanted to do. Yeah, except for the CBA cock blocked that effectively. Right. He would have he could have though, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So he signed he signed off on the CBA, but he could have challenged the medical opinion of his doctor. Now I'm talking specifically about Bergeron and that litany of crap. Mm-hmm. Because at some point, a punctured lung is a scary thing, right? Mm-hmm. What point did they diagnose it? You know, at what point did they do an assessment and say, no, he's still okay to play, even though he has this thing? You know, I don't know what the severity level of a punctured lung is. Do either of you? Uh... Yes, it can actually um, cause your lung to collapse, which mm-hmm. is airplane not, right, it, right. Which 
is incredibly problematic for someone right. who needs both lungs. <laughs> right. So if this is what's being brought up, you know the player is always going to say, I can play. Right. I feel like I can play. Mm-hmm. And the doctor is going to say, the doctors never, you know, they're kind of like referees. The doctors are never going to come out publicly and say, I advised him against playing. Right. Because they can only provide advice. And if they say this requires surgery, this type of surgery, then the player has to acquiesce to that because of the new CBA. But the doctor can say, I don't think he should play. The player can go out and say, I'm good. And then who's the parent in the room? The coach. Right. And I'm using this as a parallel to Ryan Strom, who should not have been dressed, much less playing. But as we all know, players like, I think I can go. Coach is going to come in and say, do you think you can go? I think I can go. How are you? I'm about 80%. Are you? Yeah. And you see after one shift, he wasn't even 30%. Mm-hmm. So we need more, I guess what I'm saying is we need more aggressive coaches in this aspect. You know? But I mean, that's, that's the fundamental problem with the NHL anyway, is the fact that um, the bottom, and, and that's what happened in Chicago, right? 10 years mm-hmm. ago is the bottom line is we need to win and who cares about what everybody, I mean, you know, Players are replaceable. That's the problem. They're they're entities. They're not humans. Right. They are chess pieces to be used. And I mean, it's not as bad as the NFL, where it's literally literally use them and then toss them like used tissue. You know. You don't, you don't even have to use them. Right. You can you can sign them for all the money in the world and then just chuck them to the curb after they've you know, after one practice. And after only some of the money is given out. Yeah. Which, right. To kind of circle back, it's one of those few reasons I think the NHL won't actually go after guaranteed contracts for a little while. They'll never get it. Mm -mm. They'll never get it because they know the slope is too slippery when it comes to, I mean, just concussion lawsuits alone. Well, If they go after guaranteed contracts, I think the lawsuits will just line up even faster given – Shea Weber's, maybe Carey Price this year. How many players are just having to call it quits and collect? What's over? And part of that, too, though, is the fact that, I mean, the reason a lot of players don't like Sue after they're forced out in retirement because of injuries is because they're complicit, right? They're the one they're they're mm-hmm. the one saying, yeah. oh yeah, it can go, and not recognizing the fact that they have to look out for their own personal health because no one else is going to. People are going to use them and toss them away, and they don't recognize that they need to take their own health into their own hands. Until, of course, you know, Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel kind of cracked open that door of I need to take care of my health because you're not doing it for me. I, I'd actually step and back. And then he played with a broken hand. Right. Which is the, which the of funny course negates everything, right? duality of this conversation. I, I actually think it goes back a little bit further to Stephen Johns. You know, here's a guy who 
for all intent and purposes, was a top four, you know, NHL defenseman, mm-hmm. and had to retire when he did because of concussions, and came out and said, "I'm doing this because of this." Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it as as much as I hate to say it, it was someone a little bit up the food chain, so to speak, of NHL talent that brought light to this and. You know, I I always wondered at what point the dam was going to start breaking. And you start seeing some NFL players now doing it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they're in worse positions, right? Because outside of, you know, some of the real, real top-end guys, you know, guaranteed money on their contracts is a non-starter. Right. So um, I, I think the shift is coming. And, of course, just like all shifts, it's slow as all hell. It's generational is what it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think you're going to start seeing, you know, I as much as I hate to say it, I, I wonder at what point Nolan Patrick hangs him up. Because he just cannot stay healthy, mm-hmm. you know, at this level. And at some point, you know, the love for the game has to come secondary to, you know, like we always say, your quality of life, your quality of life going down the road your future yeah <laughs> you know and and we 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 all adore peter forsberg and we all joke about how they were going to have to drag him off the ice kicking and screaming you know he'll be hobbling the rest of his life because of that ankle mm-hmm. and we all you know we all want to deify you know his continual attempts to come back I kind of didn't. I I didn't. And actually, he came out after he retired and admitted that he probably should have actually retired after yeah. 2001. And and those sorts of things start carrying weight, right? You start mm-hmm. seeing these guys with chronic injuries and, and their heroes are saying, you know, are starting to say more often now, I made a mistake, you know, continuing to play because now look at me. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas I don't think, and I, I think some of this is just, you know, modern day social media, 24-7 type crap. It just didn't happen that often in the past, you know, because it was always the the game was great to me, you know, I, I suffered. Nobody all. talked about it because it was a sign of weakness, yeah. toxic masculinity and all that. Right. And, and also in the business world, once upon a time, bosses actually would kind of take care of some players. Yeah, after the fact. Right, and that that yeah, that was more prevalent decades ago. But yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, but that was just entirely rude of that otter. He just, <laughs> he, just he just literally pooed like right in the area the other two were swimming around, and swam away to the other end of the pond. I told like, you they were jerks. <laughs> they're very cute, but they are totally jerks. Yeah, they're they're jerks. not quite up there with orcas, but they oh, they God. get up there. That's well, what happens they're... with smart animals; is they tend mm. to be jerks. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> um. So going back to that, I just, you know, a, a high sprained ankle. Right. Okay. Leon Dreisaitl can't skate. Well, what was he never known for? Right. <laughs> His skating ability, right? Okay. Is it gonna is it gonna make it worse? Yeah, it's probably as much damage as done is gonna get done to it. So 
is he still is he still more effective than 80% of the players in the league at that point? Yeah. So, yeah, you know. But again, that's not something that's either life-threatening or potentially maiming, right? Right, and that's why I was kind of getting back. To, I kind of wanted to, the, to loop around on that Bergeron discussion again is the doctor should have gone to the coach with that litany of, of injuries and said, guys, come on, you know. I'm I sure... Don't, I don't recommend that he play. You know? I'm sure yeah. that the, the 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 team doctor asks the player. So what do you want me to tell the coach? I don't think it goes like that. I think they have to have some independence there. I think the doctor says one thing and the player says another, and and there's an assessment. Mm-hmm. And, Possibly. And you know, outside of a doctor saying he can't go because this is going to do more damage to him, you know. There's a real serious risk of, of, you know, this MCL, you know, he's got an MCL tear. He literally can't skate. He needs surgery. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the only time a doctor can really step in, right? Other than that, it's, it's a case of, okay, well, I've diagnosed all these things. Well, can he make them worse by playing? Well, eh, you know, there's a potential of risk here and here. Is it going to require surgery if he doesn't play? Eh. No, this one's kind of an overtime heel. Okay. And then it, you know, it falls on the player going, I advise, what's your, what's your advice? Well, I kind of advise he doesn't play. And the, you know, the coach is going to turn around and, and ask, right? Right. Can he play or can't he play is generally the question. And unless it's a, unless it's a binary, he can't play, then they're, they're always going to be like, hey, can you go tonight? Yeah, I feel okay, coach. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, Which is, know. to use a present-day parallel, that's what we saw in Darcy Kemper's case. But yeah. Maybe to a lesser extent, maybe that's what we saw with Braden Point. He came back, he tried, and then he said no. Yeah. And, and if that's the case on the two of them, then good on them, right? You know? If if Kemper went out there and and you know the suspicion is you know after he got after he got that stick in the eye, he came back and then took another shot off the mask in that area and was like ooh something ain't right. Good on him for taking himself out. Seriously, needs to happen more. Yeah. And it really does. It's like. A hundred percent. It's know? your job, right? This isn't your life. It's your job. You shouldn't be sacrificing future mobility and future health for your job. There's a reason why we have OSHA, for Pete's sake, you know? It's just... Which is funny because it doesn't apply. It doesn't apply, uh, and I realize that, but, you know, it should. Because, and that's the thing that, the one thing that will forever rile me up is... People taking advantage of other people, obviously so. And this is one of those things where where the system is set up so that the player has to allow themselves to be taken advantage of well, by his team. It, whether, he, whether or not he wants to, that's another story entirely. But, you know. And there, you know, we, we go back to the the discussion that we've had time and time again ad infinitum and will go on forever of 
the culture breeds them to not want to let their team down for multiple right. reasons. Right. Whether it's fear of losing your spot or fear, uh, you know, or fear of ostracism being ostracized i was going to say the other word and i can't come up with the conjunction fear of being ostracized by your teammates they're always going to want to defer to if i can go i can go unless the doctor pulls me aside and says no mm-hmm. and there needs to be more adults in the room let's put it that way <laughs> hockey or, or i would say children because the system is working exactly how it's designed yes. to work. Mm-hmm. A child would come and look at it and say, this makes no sense. The adults are conditioned to think, well, this, this is the way it works, and here's all the reasoning and logic. No, kids can call the BS out real fast. Mm-hmm. Kids are great at like spotting hypocrites and lies and inconsistencies and all these things that adults try to pretend don't exist because it gets in the way of what they want to do. Adults always try to play the complexity card. (laughs) Adults are are playing that game in the other sport with sticks that, you know, Toronto does in the summer. Mm -hmm. See, I made it off Toronto. (laughs) I was getting worried that we weren't, you know, but why did you have to? It was so perfectly not. <laughs> but it's a summer golf joke, you see? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. See? It has nothing to do with that book that we aren't going to mention. Nope. Mm-hmm. No. Um, God. I loathe, I, I, I lave this sport. I loathe it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. There's nothing wrong. Well, I shouldn't say there. Yeah, be careful, Cassie. The sport itself is okay. There are things that could be tweaked to make the sport itself better. It's the people around the sport that are wrong. Yeah, the sport, mm-hmm. is, the sport isn't an inanimate object. An inanimate entity It has no... It's a set of rules set in a, a controlled environment in which people play it by those rules. And and that's fine. You know, there are things that could be tweaked, as we've talked about, that could make it better in our opinions. But, but it's the people around the sport that just are wrong about so many things. Oh, dear God. So many things, and they're let's, all let's count the ways, and they are all children. Like the old the old joke: when I grow up, I want to play hockey. Well, son, you can't do both. Right. Like there are adults, but they are few and far between. And the ones who are adults are usually like decried and discredited as as being too adult. This is going to come off as sounding sexist, but the the intent isn't because we all know women are more emotionally mature, by and large, than men. They're more mm-hmm. developed, empathetic. Do you think that more women being hired into positions 
in NHL front offices and, and on benches might also help that? I think so. I mean, it's Lord of the Flies, right? The civilizing factor in civilization is women. It's a, and the easiest test of this is you walk into an office full of men and men are talking one way and then a woman walks in and suddenly they change their entire behavior. And so it's more socially acceptable, it's more inclusive, it's more it's more what society tells you is supposed to you're supposed to be like, right? And but before that it's that boys club boys will be boys thing. And I know you guys have, have witnessed this for yourselves. Never because I work in software and we don't talk to anyone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking well, does it have to be work? <laughs> you said but, office. I just assumed. I know, that was just my example. <laughs> but um it doesn't have to be work, but you know, it's a bunch of guys are talking and then a woman walks up to start enter the conversation and all of a sudden everything changes. And um and so women what thing the things that men will allow, women will not. Right. And that's and that's kind of fundamentally what I'm getting at. I don't want to get into the whole soci sociology aspect of, you know, maternal versus paternal type crap because that's it's actually it's, not it's it's, it's it, not right it's a right. parenting thing it's a socialization it, thing it's not any of yeah that's a, that's a construct not an innate behavior is kind right. of what I'm getting at right um, it's a social construct but it's it's not just it's their experiences plus their that diversity that I, that you were kind of hinting at is is they're not going to have, and I'm using the the royal they, um, you know, not all women. Um, <clears throat> not all men. <laughs> except all men. Um, <laughs> there's there's less. God, I don't know how to really phrase this. There's a there's a wider field of vision because of women's experiences by and large. Men can have the same experiences, but women in the sport of hockey, and we'll we'll take this in a, in an isolation case, are going to have vastly different experiences from men, mm-hmm. all the way through to the highest levels. And that difference in view and difference in behavior and and difference in treatment. You know, not just of physical treatment, but of how they treat each other. You know, and I've been, you know, all three of us have, have and not in the lewd way, have been in locker rooms for women's hockey teams. And the locker room talk has never been a thing for me. It's never been a dividing line because some of the women's teams I've been in with were just as lewd and crude as the boys. Absolutely. And I don't have but it's a taken with far it. less seriously. <laughs> and that's and and you know, that's exactly it, Cassie. It's it is as much about uh, a a communal humor than it is about a communal stature. Men try and do that crap to elevate themselves. Women often do that just to be part of fun. And make fun of themselves and make fun yeah, of other people. It, yeah. Exactly. Whereas, whereas, you know, and it's the bravado, right? So, and women have the bravado too. Let's not kid ourselves, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, straight, gay, doesn't matter. Um, 
I just, I was sitting there thinking as as we were talking about Megan Duggan last week, you know, I want that progression for her to get to that point. And I hope to God, you know, she is standing on an NHL bench and makes a decision, you know, along those lines, one of those tough decisions and, mm-hmm. and stands there and says, I did what was best in the interest of this team, because that's something the counterparts throughout NHL history have never done. Um, and a prime example of that, and I'll come back to it again, was Emily Kaplan asking Gerard Gallant about scratching, you know, do you want to talk to, or did you want to discuss, you know, the decision to scratch Capo Caco and dress Ryan Strom and, and I forget the other kid's name. And he said no. And the best part of that was she asked the question first. Yeah. That was and then the others followed her lead. Yeah. And did it again after. Yeah. And you know what? We never heard from him. That statement that I just made, I made the decision I thought was in the best interest of our team going into this game tonight. That's all you had to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, part of it is is simply the fact that Men's definition of what a man is supposed to be is much narrower than what a woman's definition of what a woman is supposed to be. Well, often cases, a woman has to be a man as long as on top of being a woman, right? <laughs> have to be the adult. Uh, Women yeah. have to be the adult. That's that's really what it comes down to is that a lot of a lot of men allow themselves to become children are treated like children by their spouses. Oh, um, I, I can't. I cannot wait for the all the the people to sit there and start calling me woke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's 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 one it's one thing for a guy to not do what he said he's follow through on something, right? Uh, it's another for him to consistently not do it in the hopes that his wife will do it, and therefore starts down the path of she doing everything and resenting it and him not doing anything and thinking everything is fine. And so, um, when it's not, and so, so, you know, it's, it's, it's that, and it's cultural, right? That's, that's, we're fed. This is the, the right thing for how couples are supposed to be through all kinds of entertainment options. And, and I really don't want to go down that path and talk about that. But you know, I've, I've, I've been sitting here going, wow, did I just open a can of worms? Um, yeah, but so it's basically that is that is that women have a much broader view, have a much more inclusive number of things that are what a woman is. And so we can allow a lot more things to happen than what men can. So like, for example, in women's sports, there are a lot of women who are not straight playing in women's sports. And nobody has a problem with that. Everybody is out, everybody is open, everybody knows who's gay or lesbian or bi or whatever. And we're all in the same locker room, we're all dressing and undressing and using the same showers and no one cares. And amazingly enough, Cassie, how many, how many, you know, not to say that it doesn't happen, but, you know, 
how much harassment do they get? Either way. None. Because because the straight women are going to like stand up for them as as much as the uh, the other gay women, you know. It's like, right. <laughs> no one. It, it, we're all a team. It doesn't matter if you have a problem with it. You can leave the team. Is there, basically the gist of it. And I say it's more of that gang mentality, right? You come after one of us, you come after all of us. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. there's that too. And so, you know, men's definition of what a man is does not include a lot of those things, and that's why you don't see openly gay men playing all team sports. Because even though some may suspect teammates are actually gay, no one's talking about it because that's not a part of being a man. And right. I hope that people like Corey Hirsch and Hey Landy start, you know, continue tearing and, and Kelly Rudy start tearing down more layers on those walls. Mm-hmm. And so and it's that sort of thinking that that women bring into the sport. Right. It's not in everybody wants to think, call it inclusivity. It's not it's it's broadening the definitions of what a man and what a woman are, what women are. You know, it's it's allowing more things to be accepted. It's allowing more things to be done. And it's not a narrow you need to be this or else, especially in hockey. Right. Where everybody has to fit the mold or else they're ostracized and kicked out and, you know, driven out or whatever. And so that's what, that's what bringing women into the sport does is that it broadens everybody's perspective of what's acceptable. I I think, and, and I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the, the acerbic one here. I don't think that that's the reason they're bringing women in Cassie. Oh, no, I think, it's not. I, yeah. I think in a lot of cases, it's the, you know, there's there's a couple of ways they're probably doing it. One is this would be a great hire. You know, mm-hmm. there are progressive enough people starting to run these franchises. Some of the old guard owners mm-hmm. and presidents are being kicked out that are saying, you know, what we've been doing isn't working. This person is probably best suited for this job. You know, there are, there's almost a, um, a wellspring of meritocracy going on. Mm-hmm. In some cases. In some cases, right? And... And I think that, you know, what do we all know and love about the NHL? What's it, what's our favorite? It's a copycat league, right? Mm-hmm. So that's going to probably start permeating more across other teams who might not be predisposed to do that. I think in some cases it's a PR move, whether they want to admit it or was, not. And that was going to be my other, you know, there's there's kind of, you know, there's two sort of paths you know, I don't think Megan Duggan's a PR move. I'm really kind of scared that Malif, Marie Philippe Poulin is. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I, I, I would have said that last year. I think right. it's 50-50 right now, but okay. I, I do see both sides. Yeah. I mean, I if if it depends on, on who had input, right? Um, whose idea it was, who had input, who decided that this was the way to go. Because, like, if Marty St. Louis had any input in this, then no, it wasn't a PR move. Because that's not the kind of guy he is. He doesn't care what other people think. Um, 
That's he only nice cares about results and, and whether people can do the job. That's the kind of person that he is, I think. But um, if we were on around the horn, I'd award you so many points. <laughs> uh, although I don't know how that show works, I've actually never watched it. That, <laughs> I, you know what, Cassie? I didn't even think about that. Not, you know that that gives me hope that you're start. You know that the influx of people who don't care about anything other than results, right? The the nepotism, you know. Oh, Marty St. Louis, you know, played with this guy and this guy, and these guys are coaching here. That means, you know, this guy and this guy are going to come up and be his. No, I don't think he thinks like that. So thank you for bringing that up. I mean, there's, there, there is nepotism involved because that's, that's the hockey way, right? But, um, but, you know, in some cases, I, I, I don't, and there's also two ways to look at results matter. It's the, it's the Boston, Patrice Bergeron, let's play him until he's dead. <laughs> Jesus. Results matter. And and then there's the the Marty Saint Louis, let's let's do this the right way and take care of our people, results matter. You know? So um I mean I've talked to Marty briefly and he just strikes me as that kind of person that like he he genuinely because of his background, right? He he had a hard time breaking into the NHL. He didn't he infamously didn't break into the NHL until he was twenty six. And um and that's because someone took a chance on some short, you know, short player who happened to be able to score. And so he genuinely doesn't care what other people think about him. He really I don't think he really does. And so that's not what the public perception is isn't going to play into any of his decisions. He's almost bulletproof in that aspect though, right? Because of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, cuz like everybody knows his background, right? It's right. He and he never played for Montreal. He Or no, did he? No, he never did. No, he no. never did. Nope. So so there isn't that and he is Quebecois, but he hasn't lived in Quebec for many, many years. He he has, you know, publicly said that he's lived in Connecticut. Well, yeah, that was the whole, you know, that was the that was the whole impetus of the trade from Tampa to to New York, right? Right. To be and, closer to the kids. And so. Um, and the snub from the Olympic team. <laughs> but so, it was about being closer to the kids, right? Yeah. Right, right. So you know, it's like so I, I he may change over time. He may end up. You know, after he marinates in the whole front office situation of, you know, most NHL teams, they tend to casually corrupt people, I think. But, um, you know, for now, in the next couple of years, I trust that Marty St. Louis is doing, is making decisions not because of what other people think or what the perception is, but because he's doing what he thinks is right for his team. And why not go get one of the best players ever to play the game to be part of your player development. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So bring in, bring in people who are probably better than me in certain situations and not just people I know. Yeah. Right. And I think you're on to something, Cassie. Yep. So, I mean, again, with if Marty, if he had input, right, 
That's the piece we don't know. He probably did, but we don't know that for sure. It, given everything you've just said, it smells like a Cassie. Because do you think longtime hockey man Kent Hughes would do something like this on his own? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's... Or, or look at it in a different way. Is Marty St. Louis part of the reason it actually got done this time? Right. Because yeah. there has been talk that at least the owner wants to bring in this person, and there's Which your, is a PR. your PR, exactly. Bring in someone with a little more legitimacy to bring in someone who is just a legitimate just icon. I don't even want to say star, superstar, also. No, an icon. Well, I mean, it helps that what... Like a couple months ago, there was a player poll that, like, um, a third of the league named Poulin, like, the best woman's player in the world, right? And, and while that is the correct answer, I want all these players to go 25 names deep. And I want to see those results. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> I, want, I want them to go 15 names deep, Pat. <laughs> I would take oh, 10. 15. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Can, can, can we just get the PWHA or whatever the Writers Association acronym? Can, can we get their voting results? Can I see that, please, for all the players? Mm-hmm. Well, you know Hannah Bevis and, and Haley Salvian's emails would just be in and Oh, their, their phones would overheat, you know, can you help from me all the messages. Can you help me fill this out? Right. And I didn't mean to leave off any of the other fantastic women that are covering women's hockey at the Ice Garden or any of the other places. Those are just the first two names that cropped in my head. So send your hate mail to <laughs> at left shot dev on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> your, your, your DMs are open, right, Pat? Absolutely. Yeah, so go ahead and send your hate mail to at left shot dev on Twitter. <clears throat> mm-hmm. He'll he'll make sure to um, forward them to me. I'm sure in a in a very polite and um, considerate way. Mm-hmm. Okay, the otters are sleeping now, so I'm done. <laughs> you're done talking to us. Or you're done. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know what? I gotta be honest with you. podcast follow us on twitter at 3v3 podcast we're available for nhl consulting at reasonable fees